Welcome back to the Doggy Juice Pod, changing the way you think as a sports better. This is episode number 72, Thursday, January 9th, 2020, and in today's pod, I'm going to break down the upcoming college football national championship game between LSU and Clemson. As I stated here last week, I've already taken a position on the underdog, Clemson Tigers, and will likely be adding to that position based off how the market is pricing this game. I'll break that one down real quick, and then we'll jump into an interview that I had earlier today with Joe Rogers, my co-worker over at USA Sports Gaming, and he's going to give some interesting nuggets on that title game along with a prop play for all of you. And after that, I'll break down all of the NFL divisional round matchups for this weekend's card and let you know where the Doggy Juice model is leaning in each of those games. All right, let's jump right in. It is rare when there's point spread value like this in a big national title game, usually just because the lines get sharpened up. I mean, there's so much money being bet into these games, and obviously the books want to balance their action too, but they want to be on the right side. And in a spot like this, you know, usually you don't see a lot of line value on on a particular team. And, and this line, just you know, even a month ago on the look-ahead line, Clemson was favored in this game. And they've played two games since that time. Obviously, like they're, well, in Clemson's case, they, uh, they played a pretty easy opponent in Virginia in the ACC title game. And obviously, LSU beat uh, uh, Georgia in the SEC title game. But even since then, I mean, obviously, LSU beat Oklahoma. They beat them down in the college football playoff. While Clemson had a tough time, obviously that Ohio State game was pretty epic, but that was always going to be the case. I mean, LSU, if they were playing Oklahoma, or sorry, if, if LSU was playing Ohio State and it was flipped and Clemson was playing Oklahoma, probably would have been a blowout for Clemson as well, and this line would be different. So it's just a circumstance type of thing, but when you look at the look-ahead line and, and the overall body of work on these teams, that's the most important thing here, looking at the season-long resumes of these teams and not just their most recent games. And when you look at that, there's just only one clear way to look, and that's Clemson in this spot. I'm not saying they're going to cover because, you know, the game's still got to be played out, but I am very confident that if this game was played 100 times, Clemson's going to cover at least 55 of those times, especially with where the line where the line's at right now. Um, all Clemson's done is cover eight straight spreads since that near loss against North Carolina in the middle of the season. And obviously they've been beating down opponents, but they've been outperforming market expectations in the process as well. And obviously LSU, they're the big public team right now with, with Joe Burrow, but you really have to take a big look at the season-long work, the overall body of work between these two teams. And and when you look at that, I mean, it's, it's just pretty clear that Clemson is the value spot. Um, Clemson has the experience here. They have a chip on their shoulder. They obviously know that they're underdogs in the spot too. And they will have had 16 days to prep for Heisman winner, Joe Burrow, and the potent LSU offense for this one. I brought it up um, on the podcast last week that Clemson was the side here. I've already taken my biggest position ever on a national title game, including the NFL playoffs and the Super Bowl, since I started doing this seriously. I've never, like in a high-profile game, you know, like a championship or big game, I, I haven't had a position uh, this this big, but also been this confident in a position as well. And there are plus seven, minus 130s out there in the marketplace. Um I'm looking at it right now. That's I'm recording this Thursday night before the game, and those are out there. Also, the money line. I found a rogue plus 200 that I've got down on. I'm seeing a lot of plus 190s out there in the marketplace. So those are great bets. 
I personally have this game. I have LSU just you know, favored by less than a field goal, but just over a pick em. But that's after giving LSU home field in this game. And I, I decided to give them just over a point, um, but close to a point and a half of home field advantage. The game's being played at, um, in New Orleans at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. So, you know, there's familiarity with, with you know, obviously the region and everything and the travel and everything like that. There's, there is an edge to LSU, or for LSU in that spot. But even giving them that point, point and a half for home field, I have them slightly favored in this game. And I think that even could be overreacting on my own stuff to LSU's most recent work. Obviously, they've looked incredible um, against Oklahoma and, and then Georgia in the title game for the SEC. But but when you look at everything and when you consider all the numbers, and, and I've crunched all the numbers in this game, and it's I have this less than a field goal, and I'm confident about it. So it doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to win. And... And obviously anything could happen in this game, but it's just a great value spot taking Clemson in a game where, you know, they would have been favored just a month ago. And they were favored a month ago on the look ahead line. So um, this national title game, like I said, it's turning into, I've said this last week too, it's turning into a real pros versus Joes game. And now for an interview to talk about the game and break, break it down a little bit more, I'm going to do an interview with a Joe who I consider a pro, the sharpest Joe I know, Joe Rogers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, he is back. Joe Rogers, senior writer for Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana. How's it going, Joe? Doing great. Just moved into Chicago. Got a new apartment right next to, uh, well, I don't want to tell everybody where I live. But, uh, <laughs> so, prime location next to a famous sporting venue. So Yeah, one, one of the sporting venues. On the, <laughs> people give like a little hint. It's, it's not on the south side. That's right. the only hint, but uh, yeah, yes. no, it's love good. the love the location and got moved in and haven't burned down the house quite yet. So <laughs> quite yet, quite yet, but I don't know. There's still a lot of time for that, man. It's kind of like you might be the next uh, Mrs. O'Leary kicking over the cam <laughs> and uh, starting the next big fire, but. I don't know. I think that happened in like October anyway. So I think the conditions, the weather conditions have to be like a certain, like in a certain uh, situation in order to to set that up. um, All right. Enough of that. Let's, (laughs) let's talk about college football. Uh, After 16 days off, LSU and Clemson will square off for the national title this Monday in New Orleans. And at the time we're recording this on Thursday evening, it looks like a lot of the books are sitting at six, but I'm seeing some in Vegas. Uh, some of those hit six and a half this morning. I'm pretty yeah. shocked by by that. Like honestly, and um, and I know you and I are both on the same side here. You wrote about this game for for Bet Chicago, but Indiana News. But this is setting up to be a sharps for squares game for a national title. And like I said at the top of the pod, this is the most involved that I've gotten on the point spread in a college football championship game. But Joe, the only one thing I do know for sure is that the Tigers are going to win the national title this year. What do you say? <laughs> I agree with that. I agree with that. Best game of the decade right here. No, I agree. And and it's, I mean, th- this, this line is just totally like, just, I can't believe how much it's gone up. And like, I, do you think we're going to hit seven out there? Or like, do you think any places in I, Vegas will hit seven flat? I think, I think people are waiting for a seven. The fact that there's still six and a half, I think at the golden nugget, you know, I, I think it's waiting. Sharps are going to wait 
to see how high it goes because we know the public is on LSU. I mean, right. we're talking about from strictly a betting market perspective, there's only really two ways to look at this game, in my opinion. One hand, you have the college football playoff semifinals caused a complete overreaction to the point spread. You know, right. some shops had Clemson minus one, some had LSU minus one. Now it's Clemson plus six, plus six and a half. That type of move this late in season is unheard of. On the other hand, on the other hand, so is LSU's offense. Completely unheard of, right? How do you step in front of that train? How do you get in front of a team that's peaking at the right time? In fact, over the past two games, LSU has reported the top two single-game opponent-adjusted performance of the entire college football season. So all teams or football outsiders, the past two games have been the best against Georgia, against Oklahoma. Now, pull out your uh, pull out your bell curve hats. How often are two? How often for a third time in a row is the team going to play in the 99th percentile? Right? Is that are they going to keep peaking or have they peaked? So I'm trusting the look ahead line value. So are you? You have inside three, right? I'm at 3.1. I think Clemson has enough to keep pace with LSU, especially in big passing plays. Um, that'll lead into one of my props I have later. And I think that Brent Venables has the type of scheme that will confuse Joe's Burrow and get some red zone stops similar to, similar to what Auburn did when they held LSU to 23 points. LSU right. dominated that game, but – Auburn got red zone stops and four steel goals. Right. I think I mean, Clemson takes a page out of that book. I agree, and they've had you know extra time to prepare. I mean, you just nailed it there with Brent Venables. I think he's going to have a game plan for Burrow. I think you can expect him to like mix it up early on, bring some blitz packages early on too, just to confuse him, maybe make him feel uncomfortable in this game. But back to the whole like point spread thing. I mean, you nailed it. This is just a look at a few weeks ago. You know, Clemson was favored on odds boards like a month ago, not even a, a month ago. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I was looking back at my stuff and, and Clemson, a really interesting one for me is, is remember LSU that they were laying seven points at Texas early in the year and they won that game by seven. I, you know, I th- actually, I think that line was like six and a half, too. I don't think it hits, it might have hit seven at some places, but six mm-hmm. and a half, seven, they won the game by seven. Now they're laying almost the same number against a Clemson team that I, ch- I checked this out and, before we started recording and I actually have Clemson rated 22 points better than Texas. And that's after upgrading Texas for their win in their bowl game. So this line moves just wild. I mean, 22 point difference on those and the line's similar like this, clearly a market overreaction LSU. I'm preferring to look at the season long work um, versus the, you know, just the last two games work and, and Clemson. It's not like they've been, I mean, they, they've covered every spread. They've covered eight. They've won and covered exactly. eight straight since, since that UNC game. So exactly. it's all that's all they've done, and at the same time, LSU's just looking like world beaters with the, the Heisman winner, and and um, yeah, before Christmas, I would have made Clemson close to a field goal favorite over LSU and on a neutral field, and and I think I'm over adjusting LSU in this game. I mean, I'm giving them home field just under just over a point. I think I'm, that's a tough one for me. I don't know how much you think the home field's worth, but since it's in New Orleans, there's that comfort level uh, for LSU. So I, I did give them, and I think that's what put me. I mean, honestly, I think I would actually have Clemson slightly favored on a neutral, so it'll be close. And I'm worried that I'm I'm overreacting, but with that that little point and a half or so of of home field, that's that's what's got 
LSU favored for me. I think maybe on a neutral, like slightly favored, but it's this this line's clearly inflated. And and yeah, uh, I mean, I give I give them about one and a half points for for home field. Yeah. That might be generous, but yeah, I mean, that sounds like, exactly. If, what if, I you, mean, yeah. if you don't think it could happen, like look what happened there on Sunday, or was that Sunday whenever the Saints played? It was right. the, the exact, almost the exact same setup. Buy low, sell high. Public was pounding the home favorite, and what happened? I mean, it, this kind of stuff happens all the time. Underdogs have covered in six straight national title games. Like Clemson's been there, done that. Yeah, so. and then like the strength of schedule obviously is a thing. I mean, I know like Sagarin's top thirty. I mean, Clemson faced one. Sorry, they faced one team in Sagarin's top thirty this year, and. Sagarin had him out tie outside the um, the top fifty in his strength of schedule ratings, but um, I mean, it's just I like think, also- I think Sagarin still has Clemson as the favorite, doesn't he? Yeah, I, I even looked at his, but it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it seems like, and it's, it's almost like worrisome to me because you look at a lot of um, you know sharp guys and they're you know I mean we're for Bet Chicago Ben and Tiana, we're reaching out to the odds makers this week with their predictions on this game. And, and I'm, I'm sure that the majority of them are going to have Clemson on the spread, but it's one of those spots, you know, where all the sharp guys seem to be on the same side, but that doesn't get the, the ticket home necessarily, especially yeah. with that, that LSU offense. So it's one of those games where like, you know, the value is clearly there and you want to bet on it. And, and it's tempting to bet a lot on it, on it because it's such a big game. But at the same time, you're dealing with Joe Burrow and that offense. I mean, you could see, you know, easily a seven, 10 point game at the end of this one. I will say last year we did the exact same article where we reached out to the different bookmakers. This year we have a longer list, but last year everybody everybody said Clemson. Everybody said Clemson against Ohio State. And so I wouldn't be surprised if everybody says Clemson again. All right. Yeah, it seems like it's like just a pure Clemson or pass and and that's that's just the way the the sharps will be betting it at least. I mean I don't know. It's going to be interesting because this is such a high-profile game, and and it, will the public money and all those tickets push this one up? But I just, I really can't see it hitting seven. I'll be, I'll be pretty shocked if it does. But um, no, I mean, it's, I feel like Clemson's also feeling disrespected here. They're gonna, they've obviously mm-hmm. they've they've excelled in the underdog role in, in bowl games, and I mean, it's just an unbelievable numbers play on my stuff. It's like one of the biggest like numbers, uh, like value plays like of the year, which is crazy, and that's all the public money to thank for it. I think. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could go up if, you know, favorites favorites in the NFL cover this weekend, the money might get too out of hand. Most, some books might might oh, take it up. Point. I don't know. I, I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. If uh, the public teams cover over the, in the NFL over the weekend, so you know the public's going to be betting the shit out of that. And, and uh, Monday night, they're just going to want to roll it over right away. That's I did not think of that. It's almost like you could do like a – correlated parlay with that very loosely correlated parlay but you know probably probably not though but anyway you um you said that you have uh, a prop for this game for us i do i do so lsu is known as dbu remember when they played texas texas said they were dbu lsu said they're dbu do you remember that i do so at the end of the year LSU was really good in passing, defending passing success rate, but ranked 122 nationally in preventing big pass plays, passing yards of 20 plus yards, 30 plus yards. We have Jim Thorpe award winner, Grant Delpit. He patrols the back end, but he's really struggled this season. In fact, I was reading the athletic one defensive 
one unnamed defensive coach, told The Athletic he struggles in pass coverage and is horrible in open field tackling. Now, does that sound like a Jim Thorpe Award winner? No. No. <laughs> so Clemson should have success with ETN if Delp is in coverage with him, and he's missed a ton of tackles. ETN has the bigger speed, you know, even if they run just a passing uh, short, you know, slant with ETN on coverage, you know, we've seen that he can break these tackles, right? But mo- more so, I'm thinking that Clemson will have success with their slot receivers, similar to what Alabama did with Devonta Smith when he threw or he received over 200 yards. Look for the wheel routes, the out and ups, the deep post patterns. Clemson had 12 passes for over 50 yards or more this season, which was third nationally. Strong offensive line, giving Lawrence time to throw. Clemson is fourth nationally in sack rate to LSU's 64th ranking. Its offensive line is ranked seventh best by Pro Football Focus. Uh, Pro Football Focus does in college edition, so Mm. don't get confused by that. But anyway, Lawrence will have time in the pocket. You know, there's a chance that LSU – puts another man in the box to attempt to take away Lawrence as a runner. That's only going to help T Higgins and Justin Ross being impressed coverage with shorter corners on them. So I like big play. So I like longest completion by Trevor Lawrence over 50.5 yards. That was at the Westgate. Very nice. That That's some dynamite analytics right there on that one. I, and I, that makes a lot of sense too, with what you said about the QB spy on Lawrence. I mean, you got to protect that. I mean, that run he had against Ohio State was nuts. He was like outrunning their like their secondary on that run, breaking it. And obviously, he's a big dude and tough to, you know, it's tough for him to like get speed and get distance on anybody. But you have to see them respecting him there. Maybe that opens up the field more too. Makes yeah, a lot of sense. Good stuff, man. Um, any other like uh, thoughts on this game at all that maybe you didn't didn't mention yet? I mean, I what, what about Trevor Lawrence in general, I mean, he's guy still hasn't lost a game. Um, obviously, he's he's been here before. There's also the experience factor too. I mean, in this championship mm-hmm. stage too. But um, yeah, I mean, you, you got anything? Any other like last thoughts for yeah, everybody? I mean, Clemson's like you said, Clemson's definitely been there. How much of a distraction is LSU with you know everybody coming up to them saying you know we're going to be at the game. You know, good luck. You know, we're going to have all that hometown media is there national media is there saying this is basically a home game you know how much of a distraction is that going to be in, in actuality all right that's a good point all right man well that's that's really good stuff i mean obviously we're both on the same side here and uh and all the listeners here should definitely check out your article on the game because i already gave it a glance over tonight there's it's packed with info so really good stuff man and uh and hopefully we cash those tickets on uh, on Clemson. So go Tigers. Go Tigers. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent lock the Tigers win. <laughs> you could put your children's unborn children on that. That's right. <laughs> All right, dude. I'll catch you later. All right, see you. Bye bye. All right, thanks, Joe. All of you can follow him on Twitter at RogersBC. That's Rogers with a D, and BC is a bet Chicago. Now it's time to shift our focus from college to the NFL and break down this weekend's four divisional round playoff games. Hello! Starting out in San Francisco, the first game on the docket in the NFC, the 49ers 
are hosting the Vikings. The Niners are seven-point favorites. The total's 44. It's a shame that this isn't the NFC title game because these are the two best teams in the NFC, according to my ratings. I would have the Vikings favored by about two points against the Packers on a neutral and by about a field goal on a neutral over the Seahawks. The Vikings are coming off that upset win over New Orleans. Obviously, that was an incredible game last week. But they have to travel across the country to the Bay Area to take on the well-rested NFC number one seed. And the team that we're all on here at the Doggy Juice Pod before the season started, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers. I've talked about this in recent podcasts, and I have to give credit to R.J. Bell, who I heard this from. He um, does that, that dream preview, and I've, I've heard him mention it a couple times. But Kirk Cousins, the the fact that he, he lives on a routine, he's pretty OCD, and R.J. Bell dug up stats. He is 66% against the spread in the noon time slot over his career, but outside of the noon time slot, the noon central time time slot, he's hitting, he's cashing points per tickets at about a, a one-third, you know, 33% rate. So that's a huge thing. And obviously last week against the Saints, and I, I did talk about this in the podcast, I believe, last week, that was a, a noon time slot game. So he's able to stick in that routine. He likes, you know, everything to be set, and and you know, it, it's just his nature, I guess. But he obviously is not going to have that this week. This game starting later on in the afternoon. He's going to be on the road. So there's a factor right there for you, just the Kirk Cousins angle. But this line opened seven, crept down to six and a half before jumping back up to seven amid the um, the Adam Thielen injury news. Um, the Niners they they've had time to rest up. They've had time to get key players back on defense. Um, expect them to really make life miserable for Cousins in this one. I think that they're really going to get after him early on. It looks like they're going to get some key guys back. Defensive lineman D. Ford and their linebacker Quan Alexander, they're expected to play. At the start of the season, no one could really score on the Niners. They had the, an incredible defensive pass rush, but then they, the injury bug hit them pretty bad. Even Sherman and the, uh, Richard Sherman, cornerback, got banged up. Uh, so teams started actually scoring. Their overs were cashing left and right in the second half of the season. Teams were putting up points on them, but with this extra time to prepare for this game, to get after Cousins, I really think that the Niners are going to have success doing that. But on the flip side, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Vikings. I actually do. The, my, one of my only futures tickets I did have going into the season is the Vikings to win the Super Bowl. I'm a big believer in that team, that uh, the entire roster. I'm also a big fan of Mike Zimmer, their coach, and he's 71% against the spread against non-division opponents as a head coach, and that would apply here. But and, it, and he is a great coach, and he's going to be have his team well prepped for this game. And another advantage is this is the first ever playoff game for for my boy Jimmy G, Chicago Land native, and Kyle Shanahan, the, the Niners head coach. This is their first time in the postseason, so they might come out with you know, early game butterflies, especially Jimmy G, quarterback. I don't know if they're going to want to put him in too many compromising positions, but that's certainly a concern. Numbers-wise, I had this game just under a touchdown, so... When it opened seven, I did take an initial position on the Vikings just because my numbers made the game a tick under that. Um, just you know, getting the full touchdown, but not feeling anything, you know, any type of special way about that position. It wasn't a full position. Might end up getting off it a little bit. We'll see if I can find uh, a Niners minus six and a half at, at uh, reasonable vigorish. Maybe play back and hope for that to land seven, which is um, obviously that's a pretty good position to be in, but. I don't know. It, it, in this game, it's the, the line, the spread, and the total look about right. I think it's really ripe for for in running, for for live betting, especially if the Niners have a, you know, like a late lead in this one, and, and they really can isolate that 
that pass rush against Cousins in predictable passing scenarios, I think that's the way to look. So this is a really good live betting scenario. The Ravens and the Titans in Saturday's other game, the first AFC game of the divisional round. Ravens are 9.5-point favorite. I'm even seeing some 10s out there. The total's at 47. Um, I love I love the under in this spot, and it's it's tough, especially with that Baltimore offense, to really like it. But I do like the under 47 here. I did bet the under 47, and stands to reason I'd like the first half under as well. 24 is my goal price there. I scooped up some 24, a little extra VIG. I think you want to keep the vigorous doubt on that, but I'm seeing 23 and a half is the first half line as well. That's that's okay for less, but everyone knows about Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore offense, but the Baltimore defense has been an entirely different unit since they acquired Peters, their, the quarterback, in late mid-late October, and then another quarterback, Jimmy Smith. He returned in early November from an injury. Since they both have been on the roster, the Ravens' defense has been the best in the NFL. They're giving up like two touchdowns, I think just about 14 points per game. No opponent scored more than 21 points on them since early November. And they're also just completely outperforming market expectations week by week. They haven't, they haven't lost. They're 9-0 since that time. They're 8-1 against the spread. But it's the way they're covering the, the point spreads, too. I mean, there's a big reason why they're a huge public team and, and the public team in the NFL right now. They've been covering the spread by an average of 15 points since early November. Um, some of the Ravens' season-long stats are skewed from that early season, too. Like That's a big reason why, I think, just because early on they didn't have those two key corners. The defense wasn't the same unit that they have now, and they were giving up a lot more points. So those stats were skewed a little bit. That's That kind of created value on the, on the totals for that. But I think the market has caught up to them here, and I really think that this is a spot where we could see both teams running. Obviously, the Titans want to keep the ball away from Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense as much as possible. So look for them, Mike Mike Vrabel, to run the ball with Derrick Henry in this spot. But Derrick Henry, too, another worry for potential Titans backers out there. He rested in Week 16, but then Week 17 and in the playoffs last week, he has a combined 66 carries. I believe it was 32 and 34, his most recent performances. Those are career highs for him. So the, the wheels could fall off that. Uh, for Derrick Henry, so I wouldn't expect the same type of performance for him. He, he still might get the looks and the carries, so I wouldn't necessarily like bet his his total carries, total rush attempts under or anything like that, but I certainly won't be betting his rush rushing yards over in this game, uh, even if he gets the high volume, just because he's going up against a, a terrific defense in, in the Ravens, and also he's he's just had his tired legs after the past two weeks of, uh, of just pounding the rock over and over and over again, so um, I do think that that's what the Titans' game plan is going to be, just try and run the clock, keep Lamar off the field. And then the Ravens are obviously one of the NFL's top running teams, and they're going to look to run the ball as well and keep the clock moving. Obviously, the worry is Lamar breaking some and some big, you know, some big gains. You know, you can run the ball all the time and still put up a lot of points, as they've done. But I like the clock to continue to run. But my big angle for for really getting after the you know the under position in this game is at least the last time I looked, it's a weather forecast supposed to get precipitation in Baltimore Saturday night, but also the wind. The wind's the more important thing, and I was seeing, when I made the bet, I was seeing you know, high teens, almost even 20-mile-an-hour winds on the forecast, which does impact passing. And, and obviously Ryan Tannehill has been a world-beater with the Titans since he took over for Marcus Mariota, but I really don't think he's going to be able to move the ball on, on this, this Ravens defense. So it's hard to envision the Titans putting up too many points on the board. Obviously the Ravens, you can envision that, but 
I think they're just going to be looking to, you know, run the ball and slow this game down. So under 47 in that game is the position that I took. Moving on to Sunday, the Chiefs and the Texans in the first game, AFC's other game of the weekend. The Chiefs are a nine and a half point favorite, total of 51 in that game. Uh, this one opened eight and a half, and I was able to get some teaser legs, some open teaser legs with the Chiefs, teasing them down through the key numbers of, of seven and three. Um, obviously, that's an advantage play that I've been all over. I've mentioned this on the podcast many times, but that's long gone. Now you can't tease them through those key numbers on a six-point teaser with, with limited vigorish. But I'm certainly not going to be betting either side on the spread here. But the Chiefs, they are peaking at the perfect time. And I, I wrote about this game for Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News, so check out the article. But I basically made the point how they're just peaking at the right time in the playoffs right now. They've covered the spread in six straight contests, and they're they're 4-1 against the spread in their last five home games. Mahomes is, is healthy, and he wasn't healthy, obviously, mid-season. I think that's partly why some of their season-long stats were skewed a bit, just because Matt Moore was playing at quarterback for three games. I believe he started two of them. But it's really the Kansas City defense that's stepped up at the second half of the year. That's what I dive into in, in that article. They've they've given up just 31 total points in their final or they did give up just 40 or 31 points in their final four games of the regular season. That's 7.75 points per game. They're fourth in yards per play allowed over those uh, their final three games. And I believe, yeah, the, their unders have been cashing pretty heavily too. So the market, you know, you could say is catching up a bit to them, but at the same time, the Chiefs' defense has really been an improved unit. They're even top half in DVOA for total defense and you know, really routing into form at the right time as well. But some other interesting stuff I, I talked about in that article that makes you really want to take a look at the under here, along with the Chiefs' defense being as good as it is, is Andy Reid. I mean, every, everyone obviously knows about Andy Reid coming off the bye, and you could even argue that, you know, that the market has priced that in, and it's kind of evidenced by the fact that since he's moved to the Chiefs, they're barely, I think, against the spread. He's like one game over 500 coming off a of bye now. But all time coming off a of bye or with extra time to prepare. So this includes playoffs with a bye week as well. Andy Reid's teams are 22-4 and four straight up and 17-9 and nine against the spread in that spot. But the thing that no one really talks about is the under in these spots. The under is cashing 20 of those 26 games. So it's really... Something that I think the market's maybe not totally aware of in this spot. Not that you should just be pricing in trends blindly or anything like that, but um, and this is from Danimal. I heard this one from our pal Danimal, the, the resident doggy juice pod degenerate. Um, in Reed's time with the Chiefs, his teams are four one against the spread in home games with extra prep time, holding opponents to an average of five point two points per game. So that's pretty wild stuff, and I it makes you want to take a look at the under, but at the same time, these are two potent offenses and obviously Deshaun Watson when he's playing from behind he can put up points in a hurry I'm you know it's tough that that the line has or the total has gone up to 51 it was it opened 49 I have not got involved yet but I think 52 would be where I would you know start considering an under position or where I'll be like my my go price or they start looking that way but the under is the way I want to look in this spot maybe even isolate some first half under but this is a spot where I could also see you know the Chiefs just pouring on the points not stopping and they've given up, you know, a couple of late scores to to the Texans to, to kind of backdoor the the over in this spot. But it, this one's another ripe game for 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 live wagering. I think looking to bet live. I'm certainly not going to be laying the points with Kansas City, but I'm not looking to take them with 
the, the Texans either in this spot. And then finally, we have the Packers and the Seahawks in the NFC's second game of the weekend. Winner of this one's going to play the winner of the 49ers and the Vikings in the NFC title game the next week. Um, the Packers opened three and a half. This lines up to four and a half, total 47 I'm seeing right now as I record this on Thursday night. Wrote about this game as well for Bet Chicago Bet Indiana News, so check that out. Get some interesting betting nuggets in it. And one of the main points I made in the article is just how both of these teams are completely overrated by the betting market. As I mentioned earlier, I have the Vikings, who are the number six seed in the NFC. I'd have them favored over either of these teams on a neutral field. I know the Packers beat the Vikings both games this year, but I'd still have the Vikings favored over the Packers. Um, and both these teams, like I said, they're they're overrated by most metrics. And I'm going to name off some stuff here that I kind of included, but during the regular season, Green Bay weren't even in the top 20, or they were ranked number 20 in net yards per play, which is a really important metric that, that odds makers use, yards per play. Um, but they were number 20 in net yards per play, and Seattle was 15th. When you look at Football Outsiders and some of their metrics, Packers sat number 15 in DVOA for total defense. Seahawks defense was in the bottom half of the league. Uh, when you look at the uh, the yards per play for both teams and just the fact that they've They've gotten lucky in a lot of games as well when it comes to one-score games. I have to dig this up right now, but, um, yeah, the Seahawks were 11-2 and two in one-score games this year. That is so ripe for regression. You know, you could even look forward to next year maybe and, and look to fade them next year just based off of that as well. It's almost like a bear situation, just a, everything's set up perfectly for regression. At the same time, Russell Wilson is – phenomenal and they underutilize the shit out of him which just drives me nuts i know it drives some other guys nuts like check out warren sharp what he thinks about that but the fact that they they look to just historically the seahawks coaching staff has looked to run the ball first on early downs first and second down it's just criminal for this team if they opened up the passing game more on early downs with russell wilson they could be so much more successful on offense especially with play action with a guy like him who could just avoid um avoid obviously pressure and, and get himself out of trouble and scramble for positive rushing yards. But, um, you know, with, with that in mind and Russell Wilson, I'm not, you know, I'm not playing this game. I have no position. The Packers, they are away. I, I do want to look their way. I mean, they're eight, no against their spread and their last eight games following and against the spread loss. And they obviously beat Detroit 23 to 20 in their final game of the season, but they didn't cover that huge 13 and a half point spread. Um, I would need a three. I do lean Green Bay because I do think they're a better team than the Seahawks slightly, and I think that the Green Bay home field advantage is worth more than three just because of the nuances of the, the grass field and, and obviously the fans and the atmosphere there, but uh, the field being a big reason why. But I would need a three. I would have to see minus three flat to get involved with the Packers preflop here. Might end up looking at the money line. Just a quick sidebar. I've brought this up in a few podcasts in the past, but when you get these big, public betting games where a lot of guys, you know, just every recreational better wants to put money down in these these playoff games. Usually guys want to, at least, you know, your average Joe, he wants to bet a little, win a lot. He wants to bet the plus money. So no one's going to be looking to lay, you know, minus 170, whatever, with, with the Packers. But they're going to be looking to take the plus 140, whatever it is, with with the Seahawks. So when you do that and you get enough guys doing that, sometimes there's a little bit of extra value when you convert you know, the spread to the money line. There's value on the favorite on the money line and a really useful tool to use. I brought this up too, but 
Google Spread Moneyline Converter Sportsbook Review does an excellent uh, has an excellent product there where you can actually look at the the difference between the spread and you can choose your sport and, and put in the spread and the, and the vigorous. And once you do that, you could see what the money line should be and you could break it down and see maybe if you're getting better value on the money line versus the spread. And this is one of those games where I think you can get that with the Packers potentially getting a, a reduced, you know, cheaper price on the money line. So that's the way I might look in this game because I do think the Packers are going to win this game most of the time. Um, not looking to bet them. I mean, just current market price, obviously, now that it's up to four and a half too, I don't even think that's going to be a possibility here. I do agree with that line move. It's actually like right exactly where I have it now. So the fact that I'm talking about taking minus three is just a complete pipe dream at this point on Thursday night. But um, yeah, I mean, this is just a spot where I really think that, you know, either team, I'm going to look to pretty much fade next week, whoever wins this game, but more about the game really quickly too. The it's an interesting battle between these units because the Packers biggest strength is their, their, um, their pass rush. And they're phenomenal at getting to opposing quarterbacks. And the Seahawks are really banged up, especially at the offensive line position. Obviously, everybody knows they're banged up um, elsewhere, including their running back position, which I'll get to in a second. But um, they're they're really vulnerable there to the Packers. So if the Packers can get to Russell Wilson early, it could be a long day for him. And he was also sacked the most times, 58 times over the regular season of any quarterback in the league. So I think the Packers really can get after uh, the sack department here. I definitely want to take a look at the Packers and isolating their over on sacks um, and maybe just the over sacks in this game in general, but I really want to isolate that and just take the Packers sacks because I think that that is a huge advantage for them in this spot. But at the same time, in the running game, the Packers' biggest vulnerability on defense is their rush defense. I believe they are bottom... I don't even want to make anything up. I don't have anything in front of me, but definitely bottom 10 in the league in rush defense. And... That's what Seattle loves to do. But the problem is Seattle has those cluster injuries at running back. They have um, they have Marshawn Lynch, obviously, that they brought back to to obviously you know, try and lead them to the promised land here. And Travis Homer is the other guy that they have in the backfield in Seattle. But they are not doing well so far since they took over. They're averaging just over, just over one yard per carry. And in their wild card win over the Eagles, they combined for 19 yards on 17 carries so that's pretty damn bad but they do have a chance to to make something happen against this Packers rush defense so that's something to watch out for I'm not saying I'm not advocating for Marshawn Lynch over props or anything like that but you know if you get the right number there I haven't seen the number come out on his prop on his total rushing yards but if you can get a decent number there it might be worth a look because I think obviously the Seahawks know about that vulnerability for the Packers and you could see them early on trying to run the rock and and um and expose that that Packers rush defense. But um, in terms of this game, pre-flop positions, I got nothing so far. And like I said, I would need to see minus three with the Packers in order to get involved. Um, That's going to do it, though, for this episode of the Doggy Juice Pod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Doggy Juice, and be sure to check out um, my writing and, and Joe Rogers writing and all our other writers over at Bet Chicago, Bet Indiana News. Got tons of great content out there, especially for these NFL games and for the college football playoff. Got game previews for all the games. We have player props. I'm writing a derivatives article with some derivative plays, and I'm sure I'll be including that Ravens first half under on that one. But I will be back next week with a look at the NFL Conference Championship games, expecting to break down Ravens, Chiefs, and 49ers, Packers, but we shall see. Make sure you get those Clemson bets in, ladies and gentlemen. Shop around for that plus seven with reduced VIG. Make sure you diversify with some first half and some money line, some Clemson money line. 
and cheers to everyone for a fun college football season. I'm sad to see it go, but we're about to dive into more NFL, and then it's going to be all college hoops all the time here on the Doggy Juice Pod in the spring. So college football season was a great one. Hoping to end it with a nice victory, cashing those Clemson tickets. Good luck to everyone on all of your bets, and I will talk to you next week. Doggy Juice out.